Hear ye, hear ye. The king has a message for you. If you will lay down the arms of your rebellion and you will swear fealty to your king, he will pardon all your treason. Thus saith the king. Well, now the complaint emails are going to start rolling in. I'm glad you said that, Derek. We're in a fishbowl. It's a fishbowl. I can't breathe underwater. Instead of hitting your job, why don't you pray for your coworkers? Truth bomb. Dude, where are you going? This is not over. We're still recording. When was the last time you got murdered for your bait? I'm going with Dever. No, he's not invited. I don't care. He's not coming on the he show. He's to come. He's not coming I've got on the show. Stacks and stacks of emails. You've got mail. And welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 5th. <laughs> That's not your cue, man. We are, of course, the Hear You Kings. I for one cannot believe you just said that. <laughs> I'll flip this table right here, Derek. I'm not he's afraid. A, he's a socialist. He's straight up a socialist. Oh, shut up, the so nice. Sean the that new translation for you. Oh, that's not even a translation. Dude, flat earth. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. You're crazy. Oh, crazy. Well, this is the only reason I read in third grade. Free pizza. Yes, they believe that. That's nonsense. And I hope your office chair has a seatbelt because it's time to buckle up. This is Monday morning and this is the Hear Ye Kings podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Walker. Alongside me is the pirate apologist himself, Derek Earl. What's up, everybody? How you doing? The pirate apologist. I like that. It's good. It's good. It's pretty good. I'm excited for this week. The time has come. Has it come? It's finally here. What's here? The man in black himself is in the studio. That's right. So I'm kind of scared, actually, dude. <laughs> the man, the myth, is the legend, Mr. Ming. What's up, Ming? Welcome. So, yeah. Good to be here. I'll try not to say anything too controversial there's nothing, too liberal. Uh, there's, there's, there's nothing you oh, can no. say that, that would top anything that Derek says. So. It's true. It's true. So if you, if, for those of you listening that don't know, like some, get some context here. Some of the emails that we've had in that were rather, I don't they weren't controversial emails, but some of them were like, you know, pushbacks. Like we had a pushback email, I think, over climate change a little bit. And then there was another one. What was the very early on one? Oh, the coffee creamer email. Oh, yeah. The guy that was like, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe God doesn't want you drinking half a coffee mm-hmm. creamer. That yep. guy. Yep. This is him, man. This is the one and only well, Slogar. So he's on. We've got him in studio, which is exactly what we promised. We said, hey, look, if you disagree with us on something or if you just want to have a fun kind of back and forth and you want to get on the show, let us know. And, so here he is. And he's, he's on the, the first show. man to like take us up on this challenge. Yeah, dude, he is. True, so. He's the only guy out there with some and hair on his <laughs> chest. Oh, dude, you jumped in so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take over the mute button here in a minute. Have That's fun. What's gonna happen over here. <laughs> Man, I spend more time on my knees because of you. Yeah, crying yeah. Crying and praying. Crying and asking praying. Asking God for forgiveness. No. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. At least I've got you praying. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing to have. How's your week going, Mr. Ming? I spent the second half of the week over in the beautiful city of San Francisco. Mm. It smells mostly like weed. And, we, we were uh, talking about we, them we last were. week. We were. We talked about San Francisco yeah. last week. Was it yeah. weed smell or was it poop was it smell? Poop? Because we've heard that poop yes. is rampant there. Did you see a lot of poop? So, so I've actually heard that I was going down uh, one of the escalators to a subway, and it was broken. Right. And I heard that the reason why so many of the sub or the escalators there are broken is because homeless people crap on the escalators and literally break them. <laughs> That's a, so a, gross, a dude. A crapulator? <laughs> like, no, like when I was a kid, I was always scared of escalators because my grandma told me I'd get like sucked in or whatever. Right. But like obviously that's not true. But poop, 
Like that poop would, man. It would so, just, just get sucked in and come out the other side. So like you're, the escalator, you're the escalator repairman, and you show up to this job, and you pry open the hatch, and it's just... Dude, that's so <laughs> nasty. So, all right. So you cool. thought your Monday was rough. Oh, yeah. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Well, I, I did want to say that uh, Ed, the fireball fall, right? He yeah. had said something about the E. coli outbreaks, because he was listening last week, mm-hmm. and he... And he, uh, he, he Text me, I think, and he was, he was just like, "Yeah, did you know that the E. coli outbreaks were actually because the people picking it just would squat, like right where they were, oh, and no, and do their business, no. and then continue picking?" And he was like, "I heard that was where some of the E. coli. I don't know if it's true, so I'm gonna have to fact check it." But uh, yeah, yeah, well, dude. we're off to a great start. Yeah, we're off to an awesome start. It's just as crazy as you can get. <laughs> All right, everybody, ETC, emails, things that annoy me, and crazy town like poop on escalators and all that other crazy stuff. So we did get an email. So uh, on top of that little text that Mr. Ed Fall sent me, he sent me an email too, because we talked about the, the check engine light come on oh that's right yep. yeah yeah and he was like you know and this is this is an email he goes you know if uh you just own a vintage car you don't have to deal with check engine lights like that and i'm, and I'm like looking at his face in my mind kind of going you sarcastic little you know you know Ed. so Saint. yeah he's he's he always he loves his cars and uh, but it's true if you own it i guess apparently if you own one of those old school cars you don't have to deal with the check engine light man they just so he's, blow uh, up when they're about they to die they just blow up <laughs> when they're ready to go <laughs> uh, he's got a 58 beetle and like a 61 porsche and they're really sweet cars like i, I think sure. I, we, I mentioned it before like we drove out to uh Central Nevada in one one time it took us like three times longer than everybody else that we were supposed to be in the train with, right? So yeah, it took forever. But he doesn't have to deal with check engine light. So thanks, Mr. Ed well, Hall. Appreciate it. Know. Your factual nonsense. I guess if I rode a bike to work, I wouldn't have to deal with it either. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no check engine light there. That's funny. Things that annoy me. Okay, I'm 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 annoyed because it's things that annoy me, obviously. And, but I'm hoping that I'm not completely alone in this things that annoy me. Uh, carbs and calories. Don't even give separately me... Separately or combined? Okay. All together and separately and why? Just big fat, fat being the emphasis, wide. Like carbs and... So a lot of people know that I've been doing keto for like off and on for like a year and some change. Like I did it really uh, straight for several months when I first started, dropped 20 pounds. And then I've just kind of done it off and on, just trying to maintain, you know, about where I'm at or whatever. And then our buddy Jay, shout out to Jay, yeah. he did it. Joker's lost like 60 pounds or something on it. Sure. And uh, he said one of his big motivators was was realizing how many carbs or yeah carbs he was taking in every single day. And uh, I don't know. I think somewhere along the way in my you know on again off again relationship with keto, like I know where I'm at with my carbs, and I know when I take too much in, and I'm kind of like. And I guess I just think in my mind, like, God, why didn't you just make Oreos healthy? Mm. Like, that's my question. Like, what do you eat, Ming? Because you're like a skinny fit i like to rock climb you know and could eat a whole pizza probably, and never game that he's more active than you or i that's probably uh, true I, I like so i've got i've got right now a family-sized pack of oreos <sighs> in my here pantry. in studio oh well, i wish i, I wish <laughs> but yeah so i i bought it last saturday okay ate one sleeve of the three sleeve it's called doing a line that's <laughs> <laughs> the one line of oreos <laughs> doing a line doing a line yeah that's what we used to call it okay. doing a okay, line yeah, yeah. it's oreos and then uh, got back <laughs> yesterday afternoon, okay. ate another sleeve, 
Did another line. Did another it. line. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's going to hear this. I heard a snippet. Like somebody cut out and said, you were doing a line. You're fired. So that's that's how I do Keep Oreos. It up. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> uh, do you ever gain weight? Like, how do how do you how do you gain weight? I guess that's that's uh, I wish a strange I could. question. I wish I could. Yeah, like uh, when I went to college. Before I went to college, I was right in at 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 a number, a very at low a number. number? <laughs> is it a triple digit or was it a double digit? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm Asian. Oh yeah, you, you can guess. It's probably uh, a double digit. <laughs> By the time I ended college, I had lost five pounds. Dang, dude. Went from 97 now, to Now I'm back up to where I was. Yeah, yeah. Four years ago. Well, I won't divulge so. too much, but like you had some medical stuff earlier in the year where they basically told you, like, dude, you're tall and skinny, and it's causing some medical conditions. Cost six with you. grand in medical bills. Yep. Six grand, yeah. So they yep. were like, dude, yep. you need to gain some weight. And I thought, man, how wonderful would that be to be that be my problem? Hey, you need to gain weight on it. On right. it right now. Well, opposite from the, what the doctor told you, that you were short and fat and need to lose weight. <laughs> That's true, dude. When I went in for uh, the, the pre-op thing for surgery or whatever, they took my blood pressure. And for the first time, uh, and this was weeks before the surgery, it was like the first initial, like, you know, get yeah. to know you, ask yeah. questions, you know, this kind of thing. And uh, they went and checked, took my blood pressure. And for the first time, it was a little high. I was just like, oh, oh. Okay, apparently Oreos aren't my friend, jerks. <laughs> you know, but uh, and then I went on keto for the few weeks in between that and the surgery, and I was back to normal, good to go. There you go. So I love keto because it really can. You can just hop right on, and and when you're tired of it, just hop right off. Yeah, but I do that every day, and it doesn't really work. No, yeah, it doesn't work like, if you do I it daily. I hop on in the morning. You got to do like a month like at a time. Yeah, that's oh. pretty bad. <laughs> I would love to just do like the keto diet, but then like with all of the carbs. Yeah. So, like, just eat all the meat and the bacon just, and everything, but just right. add all the carbs in it just, on top of that. Just Oreos oh, awesome. and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my it. off diet. Yeah, basically. exactly. It'd be awesome. It's <laughs> oh, just so frustrating because I don't, I don't know. I'm just annoyed by the fact that, that to, to exist in this world and try to maintain decent weight if you're not apparently Asian and you can just eat a whole, do a line of Oreos and not gain weight, <laughs> like, you got to count them, man, or you got to watch them. So, or as, uh, our lovely Miss Crystal pointed out one of the gestures, like, you don't have to watch any of it. You don't have to. It's you true. can just eat. It's, true. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess you could. Good stuff. Okay, well. Well, hey. Uh, what? Talking about food. Okay. Crazy stuff going on in the news. I don't, oh, my gosh. You have a garden, right? Like, I do. I do have a garden. Do you, do you have potatoes in your garden? We do have potatoes in our garden. Oh, boy. You better watch out. Uh, PepsiCo is suing farmers in India for growing potatoes that they use in Lay's potato chips. Seriously? Oh, yeah. How do you sue somebody for that? I, I it's a potato. You can't just well, grow a potato? Apparently, that potato is trademarked. Uh, PepsiCo is suing four farmers in India for copyright infringement, claiming they were growing a variety of potatoes trademarked by the company for exclusive use in its Lay's potato chips. Unreal. I knew you could, like, I knew that it was possible to, like, trademark a plant. When I first heard of that, I thought that was absolutely insane. But uh, there are, I want to say it's Monsanto. Monsanto's got corn trademarked mm -hmm. as well as soy. Yep. So if you grow corn or soy in some way, shape, or form, like you're growing a, a variety of Monsanto corn or soy, like, because that's theirs. Sure. And they own it. I didn't know that you could own well, one of God's natural resources, but apparently you can. In today's modern world, you can. PepsiCo yeah. owns brands like Lay's, Gatorade, Quaker Oats, and they're suing for damages in the amount of 10 million rubies. Uh, rupees. Which, which is actually, playing Zelda, bro? It, it, it's good, it, ruple, rupees? Rupees. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's approximately $143,000 from each farmer. 
So. Seriously, dude, that's going to bankrupt some folks just because they were growing some spuds, really? Yeah, so uh, watch out there. That's crazy so. town for sure, for sure. Crazy town. But, uh, well, here locally, some crazy towns going on local. Uh, we've got over at West High, the little high school we got over here, apparently one of the teachers was charged with sexually abusing one of the students. Yeah, I see yeah. more and more of that every well, I, I saw that, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, So my dad graduated from that high school. Uh, I've got my, my grandpa graduated from that high school. I, I want to say his dad probably graduated from that high school. It's been it's around, around since, forever. Yes, but like I think, 100 years. I, I want right? to say it was built in 1890s. I mean, it was yeah. it was here when Wyatt Earp was, uh, was alive. So that, that's how old this high school is. Brigham Young came here, and then they built the high school. <laughs> and then they built West High. So, <laughs> <laughs> so West High has been around forever. But apparently, yeah, like some high school teacher got busted for it and it wasn't so much like i started reading into the story because i thought okay what is this going to be or how's how did the news spin it in, in a way that just makes this guy sound terrible and he is terrible by the way you're a total piece of work mr stare at neil i'm gonna call you out you're a loser but uh he was it was sort of a mutual kind of freaky deaky thing like i guess the student was kind of like going to his house regularly and while it was happening and she kind of kept coming back and I thought so they might have had some weird student teacher relationship thing going on like you see and then, and then eventually it came out so I don't know I don't know the details on that I don't want to put any any facts or details out there that aren't necessarily For sure. true but yeah so this that's crazy town right there dude and uh so I of course I saw the post on Facebook shared it hashtag homeschool oh <laughs> we've got a homeschooler sitting here right here dude Mr. Minks Logar was homeschooled you know that uh, yeah, he's not. He's not. A, he's not exactly an advocate of it at this point. He's not an advocate. He's wrong, but he's not an advocate. <laughs> but, <so> we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. I, I went to uh, private school, so I don't. Did you? I didn't, how did I not know that? I don't know. You went to private school? Where'd you go? Salt Lake Christian Academy, home of the Dragon Slayers. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty intense. I like oh. it. Well, I was a public school kid, which and is why shows. I didn't know how to spell the word aisle last week, <laughs> which is really super Do you know how to spell aisle? I-S-L-E. Okay, now when you're walking no, no, down No, I'm the... kidding. I'm kidding. I heard, I heard oh, last okay. week's podcast. I heard last <laughs> so week's podcast. he did hear it. <laughs> I do. That was another one that Ed sent me. He was like, he texted me. He was like, dude, you didn't know how to spell aisle? <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm going to get crap for that forever. That's what I get. Thanks a lot, Josiah. Gosh. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're going to a commercial break right now. Thank you very much. Are you tired of sitting around not knowing what to do? Why don't you head on over to AYKings.com? That's right, AYKings.com for the latest, greatest in Christian podcasting. And when you're done with that, head over to Facebook at AYKings and Twitter, AYKings and Instagram at AYKings. This ad was paid for by the Royal Treasury of the AYKings in the hopes that you would hear the name AYKings so many times that you wouldn't be able to get it out of your mind until you subscribe to the AYKings. Christian podcast called Hear Ye Kings. Hear Ye what? Hear Ye Kings. Hear Ye Kings? Yeah, Hear Ye Kings. They talk about theology and politics and how to tell people about Jesus. Jesus? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I was praying to Jesus this morning. 
He said he had a message for you. Yeah? Yeah. He said, take out the filthy rubbish. Tune in to the Hear Ye Kings, an epic Christian podcast and highlight of your week. New episodes every Monday. But don't forget to take out the rubbish. And welcome back to the podcast. This is the Hear Ye Kings. You can always send us an email at jesters at hearyekings.com. You said it. Do you know how to spell aisle? Do you know how to spell <laughs> jesters or jesters? Do you know the difference? I know how to spell aisle now. Questions, comments, complaints. So, yeah. So, special guest this week, we mentioned it earlier, Mr. Ming. So, Yo. besides being homeschooled, and yes. I'm guessing your favorite color is black. Uh, incorrect. <laughs> Probably Common no, misconception, he, but yeah, it is he actually always incorrect. wears black. Yeah. Yes. For those that don't know, because you're listening and this is radio, Ming wears a nice black button up shirt every day. Keeps it simple. So I like sure. it, dude. So let true. our listeners know what is your favorite color? It is pound zero zero seven two C six. And that is a hexadecimal representation of a nice shade of blue. Really? Wow, that's like right down to the the, the coded right. like. That, that this is, is what is color this exactly. is. Yep. That's cool. I want right. one now. Nice. <laughs> I want a favorite color down to the decimal. That's right. pretty awesome, dude. Very cool. Yeah. Shade of blue. Did you catch that? It's a shade of blue. Yeah, I was gonna look it up, but I didn't quite get that number again. What was it? Zero zero seven two C six. Zero zero seven two C six. I'm gonna look it up right now, just so I can like see exactly C6. what it looks like. Zero zero seven two C six. We're, we're looking this up, everybody. Yeah, we'll just all pause right here. Right. Like, everyone's pausing. I'm like, I know you're at home with it Just pause it and so. look it up because you want to see this. Co- oh, wow. That is a really nice. Look at that. Well, let's it's see. soothing. It's almost like, what do I, where have I seen this color before? Is it Albertson's blue? What is no. it? No. Like, it's almost a little bit like, so we're working in GarageBand recording this, folks. So for you tech geeks out there that have any clue what that is, it's kind of like the compressor EQ, like, Looking color board, it's kind of like that, but so I don't know. I don't know where else I've seen this. Ooh. It's sort of like it, yeah. It's like it looks like IBM blue. Kind of. It looks like if you took a picture of the sky and then got on your phone and used like a phone contrast and really and cranked, like, up cranked up the contrast up a little bit. Well, it's yeah, very yeah, nice, yeah. man. It is. It's gorgeous. Thank you. It's Thank wonderful. You. It matches your eyes. So <laughs> not really. He's Asian. <laughs> uh, so Ming's here because we're continuing our series on the basics of the Christian faith. If you'd like to print out an outline, you can go to www.hearykings.com backslash Christian Basics. That's a forward slash. Whatever. Is it a forward slash? That is a forward slash. I always just say slash because I don't know the difference. (laughs) What's the difference between a forward slash and a backslash? This the direction. One pointed. goes left yeah, to right. Yeah, well, you didn't know that, right so you don't get to talk. I know okay. there's a difference. I just don't know which. A I S L E. So. Dang it! <laughs> oh man. All right, you can click on what is adoption. There's a little picture there of a gate. A gate. Oh yeah, I did pick. I don't understand it either. No, no, no. <laughs> that 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 photo was meant to symbolize the idea of like of of the opening of someone's home. Which oh, like it, entering. Yeah, in. I didn't. I didn't want to put like a baby there because, like, given you know that the Christian version of what adoption is, it doesn't necessarily right, have anything right. to do with an infant. So uh, yeah, it was it was that you're allowed and and. Uh, Accepted welcomed. into, yeah, welcomed into a person's home that is otherwise, you know, closed off in the sense of a gate. So, because it is closed I off. I see. We'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Very cool. So, yeah. what is adoption? What is adoption? Well, here we go. Um, you still put that verse on here. It's the wrong verse. 
<laughs> you got the wrong I, verse. On no, here, I brother. looked it up. I put it. Okay, so uh, in Doctor Grudem's book, The Twenty Basics of the Christian Faith, uh, the first verse that he gets at is not First John one twelve. It's just John one twelve. And John one twelve, as I pull it up real fast here, um, is let's see here. Come on, come on, come on. All right, John one twelve says, "But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God." So uh, the, the very first piece that Dr. Grudem wants to get at is, is membership into this new family. How do right. you become a member of this new family? Which, of course, uh, you know, a lot of questions pop up out of that. It's like, wait a minute, wasn't, wasn't I always a member of this family just via being born? Or, you know, isn't everybody God's child? Mm-hmm. And so these verses start to speak to that because Grudem's basically his initial point that he's pulling out of Scripture here is that there's an entrance into this family, that it's not something that you just had. It wasn't something you just, you know, were born with. Uh, it, w- it wasn't just like a right or something like that. Like, the membership into the family w- was exclusive and was privileged. Mm. So you can, if you want to use those two terms today, but so there it was. So First John, or excuse me, John, John one twelve is that anybody who believed, he gave the right to become children of God. So that was the first verse that he got at in this whole membership into a new family. Interesting. Okay, next one. Ephesians, go for it. Ephesians 2, 2 and 3 say, In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So just talking about before we were saved. Yep, yep. So, I mean, that's, and that gets back to that first initial piece there. It's like, wait a minute, weren't we, aren't, aren't we all children of God just by virtue of being born uh, or being created by God? And, and this verse, you can pull out of that. It, it's not something that's addressing it specifically, but it's there. It's implied in the verse that, uh, that we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Up just from that said, sons of disobedience. Right. So that our nature, we weren't by nature children of God. We were by nature children of wrath, which is, that, that, that's a pretty staunch difference between Christian theology and theology of other religions, because uh, some other religions, especially one here locally, would say that, no, 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 you're born a child of God, that you were children of God even prior to being born, in like a pre-existence, you were God's child, you were, you were uh, of his, you know, millions of them, and, uh, you know, all of us were, and then we were born into human bodies, and, and so that on goes the theology. But according to the Bible, at least here according to Paul, speaking to the church in Ephesus, sure. that we were children of wrath like the rest of mankind from birth, and that was, that was the, the membership of family that we belong to from birth. So, so yeah, and if I could just jump in here, yeah, absolutely. one of the things, I mean, you, you mentioned that, right, the prevalent faith here in the, the valley would kind of cheapens what Christ did by oh, saying that yeah. we were all children of God, right? Because it, it really took us from children of wrath, like it says here in Ephesians, and and we were adopted into God's family, and, and we mm-hmm. became co-heirs with Christ. And that's that's a huge difference, yep. um, as opposed to we were children of God already, and then we just became children of God again. Yeah. It's like, well, it almost, what, yeah. what did Christ do for, for us sure. at that point, right? Yeah, it almost doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. All the adoption verses are kind of like, what, uh, how do you, how do I get adopted into a family that I already belong to? Right. Yeah, it really right. does. It takes away all of that. And and you said cheapens. I mean, that's exactly the word that I think, you know, I kind of feel when you talk about this this topic with the, the prevalent culture. Um, if everyone is a son of the king, right, so what? Right. So right. what? 
Right. Like, okay, everybody is. If, if everybody's a billionaire, so what? Nobody's rich. Everybody's a billionaire. So what? And, uh, and that's kind of this, that's this thing. It's like, if everybody's a child of God, in the sense that he's talking about here, that you're an heir with Christ, right? Uh, if everybody is that, okay. Right. Like, there's no, there, the, the specialness of it, in a sense, is just kind of gone. Yeah, the like, weightiness yeah, of it all. Yeah, yeah. If, when everybody's special, nobody yeah. is. <laughs> so that's Dang just it. The way that, that's the way it goes. <laughs> so, good stuff. First uh, John, this one is in First John. First John chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now. Okay, there's a big now there, which is pretty important. We are God's children now, and what uh, we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see uh, as he is. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So even John got it. John's catching on this idea. It's like, wait a minute. Okay, what's next? What's next? Romans 8.23 says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Awesome. Of just eagerly, eagerly awaiting that change. Yep. So, so really what the whole uh, bit of doctrine here on, on the concept of adoption. I mean, so again, let's, let's pull everything back and say we're, we're just some normal dudes sitting around a table. For sure. We want to talk about Christian basics, which is what, what the book is. It's 20 basics of the Christian faith. This shouldn't be and doesn't need to be one of those like real lofty theological points. Like, okay, no, adoption is a basic element of, of the Christian faith. Uh, prior to being adopted by God, we were, according to Paul, children of wrath, right? We were, uh, like the rest of mankind, sons of disobedience, and we needed to be brought into a family. Uh, and, and, and that family is the sort of the, the package family that, okay, For you sure. guys are, are uh, reconciled to God. This family here is reconciled to God. And because you're part of a family, uh, all of the other verses that talk about family in the Bible too also apply to that in that you, you're not cast out, you're never neglected, uh, you're loved, you're cared for, there's patience and kindness and gentleness and grace and mercy and all these things that God talks about in family that is sort of covenant language all the time that apply to family. So when you're in that family, you now get to benefit from all of the things right. that that family benefits from that, that you're not necessarily contributing even to it. Like if you think about adoption, um, I used to tell a, a story to some youth when I was doing youth pastor stuff. Uh, any adoption agency, like when you picture the word like an adoption agency or an orphanage, like what's the imagery that comes to your mind? Like just anybody. Just like, just, just rough, just dilapidated, just like yeah, kind messy, of, just right? Like run so down. I, picture, I always pictured like some of those old school like movies, like in England, where they had these orphanages and all the kids were just like everyone's covered in and, and coal. And, yeah, and like like and so and, and then when somebody comes in to adopt something. them, yeah, like when somebody would come in, like a, a potential set of parents, like for sure, all the kids would be like, okay, there, there was the couple kids that didn't want to ever get adopted, and they just wanted to run away, and so right. they were awful snot nosed kids. And then there were the kids that were like trying to clean themselves up, and oh look at me, look at me, look at me, so I can get out, and and they knew that those parents, that was their only hope, really, aside from just running away and being sons of disobedience, right? Right. Uh, and so they would try to, to, you know, prim and prep themselves all up and look great. And the irony of that is, right, in Ephesians, right, it would only have been a couple verses later that uh, it says it's not of anything that you do that you're going to get saved. It's not your works right. at all. Right. And so in the orphanage uh, analogy... Nothing that you can do, no, no matter how pretty you try to make your, yourself look, no matter how skilled or educated you would try to make yourself look to this potential set of parents, nothing you do contributes to whether or not God adopts you into his family, which is a beautiful thing given that analogy because it, even if we, we tried, you know, it's, according to God, it's just filthy rags. But what God did 
according to the rest of Ephesians and, and parts of Romans, is that he came in while we were not only not pretty, but we were the right. snot-nosed kid in the corner of the orphanage, like just right. kind of gross all over ourselves, like just looking terrible, <laughs> nobody throwing wants. a fit, yeah, throwing a fit, like just losing it, and God comes in and is like, I want that one. Like, really? Are you, you sure there's so many one? others? <laughs> I know, I mean, so that's kind of the picture of adoption that, that has always kind of just gone through my mind when I think about this doctrine of that God came in to the orphanage, saw me at my worst, I absolutely didn't want to be adopted, right? Because that, that's, Romans says that we were enemies of God, right. so I didn't want anything to do with his fatherhood, mm-hmm. and, and he comes in and selects me, and, and loves me, and wraps me up, and and like you mentioned earlier, we're co-heirs with Christ, okay? So that, that brought in a whole other, like, wow, he gave me all his blessings, all of his fortunes, all of his inheritance. Right. Like, whoa, why did you do that for me? Right. <laughs> you know, because I'm a snot-nosed brat half the time. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I just want to share that. In my mind, that's uh, adoption, sort of. So kind of a crazy thing, crazy thing. Romans 11, uh, chapter 11, verses 11 through 24, uh, deals a little bit with this idea. It says, um, it's talking about the Gentiles being grafted in. It says, so I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Gentiles just simply means not Jew, if you're listening. Uh, so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if, they tr- if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more uh, will their full inclusion mean? So, and then it goes on and on. I'm not going to read this entire thing. What, talking a little bit about the Jews and the Gentiles, when God grafted in the Gentiles, what he's talking about is the Jews were the chosen people of God. The Jews were, in a sense, the, the children of God, right? And, and they were the only ones that really had any sort of relationship with him. All through the Old Testament, it was all about Israel and their relationship with God. And then he, he dealt with kind of family language in that too, like with uh, the prophet um, and his prostitute wife, Hagar, and not, was it Hagar? No, not Hagar. Who was it? Oh, oh God. I know. We're, now you said the I word. I know. Now I said, <laughs> as soon as I said it, now we're gone. Uh, Gomer. Gomer. Yeah, there you was, go. It was, so it was, uh, Gomer has this, is, Gomer's the, the wife, right? And the, and the prophet is right. the prophet. Uh, it's going to slip my mind. I don't remember. It's going. Hosea? Hosea. Hosea. Thank you. Yes. So Hosea. Wow, Hosea. I know. It's funny. As soon as you get on like and you're live, you're like, we're recording. I can't remember anything. So Hosea had uh, this prostitute of a wife named Gomer, and God's the one that told him to marry her. He said, go yeah. marry the prostitute Gomer, and she and and you, your, your relationship is going to show all of Israel what my relationship with you is like. For sure. Now, now watch this. So Gomer... Uh, gets, you know, or Hosea goes out and marries Gomer. Gomer, of course, being a prostitute, continues to prostitute herself out to other men, and God tells Hosea, nope, stay married to her, go get her back. So he would go and, and get her back even though she was unfaithful. And then even at some one point in time, Gomer ended up being literally owned by another man, and he said, nope, go purchase her back. Right. It's like, I can just imagine him going, I already, I mean, in that culture, I already own her. I shouldn't have to purchase her back. She's my wife. Right. And, and yet God says, nope, that's exactly what I'm doing. You guys are constantly unfaithful. Israel is constantly unfaithful. And I'm going to go and I buy you back, which is us being, you know, right, bought by the blood of Jesus. So when Jesus comes, he crafts in like with a tree, if you've ever or grafted, not craft, graft, if you've ever right. grafted a tree uh, onto another tree, you can actually take, you know, one species of tree, like an orange tree or something, and cut off a, a, a branch and graft it onto a different type of tree, and it grows really interesting yeah. fruit. So um, 
and in, in that, that's what God is doing with the Gentiles and the Jews. The Jews were originally, they're the original tree. Right. And then he says, okay, now I'm going to bring in some of these other people who, just like at the orphanage, you've got no merit, you've got no reason for me to graft you in, you guys have been outside yeah. of the family, and I'm going to do this anyway out of my own mercy and grace. Uh, so yeah, if you want if you want to read a lot about that, it's all Romans eleven. Romans eleven is just this big yep. picture of God gr- grafting in all of these people that were outside of the family. So, what do you, man, what do you all, th- all of that? What do you think? Uh, that's what I was going to ask me. You know, what do you think, man? You know, I think that it, it's a it's a pretty crazy narrative. Um, you know. Christianity is kind of unique in a lot of these these areas that you guys have been going through in these 20 basics, and uh, uh, especially with this, right? You've got Jesus, the creator of the universe, yep. the, the heir to the universe, um, creating a bunch of losers, for her <laughs> lack of a better word. <laughs> I'm not a loser. <laughs> and, then, and then coming down and saying, no, no I want to share all of this that I've created with you yeah, right. for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a crazy concept, right? Why, why would the creator of the world do that? Why, why would he need to do that? Why would he want to do that? Um, and, and uh, you know, Romans is great. I love Romans and, and the, mm-hmm. all the different questions and answers about, you know, well, h- how are people created and why are, they, why are they created and how can God be righteous if he's doing this or that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, in all of that, I was reading through the rest of this, uh, this Romans 11 passage that you have here and, uh, this is, I think this is starting in verse 17. It says something about uh, uh, if some of the branches were broken off and you, a wild olive shoot, were grafted among the others uh, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. And oh, Christianity yeah. is, again, unique in that it's a great equalizer of, among humanity, right? Mm-hmm. We're, right? We're all equal in front of Christ because we're all sinners. Christ came down and, and saved some of us and yep. made those of us equal, um, right. and that's that's across race, uh, that's across uh, you know socioeconomic status, that's across any of the other things that we see as great dividers in society today. Mm-hmm. And Christianity kind of just solves all of those things. Yep, yep, that's absolutely right. I mean, that's I, I hate to to go back to this again, but I mean, it was the idea that if everybody's special, nobody's special. And here we have uh, Christianity reaching down into basically a whole bunch of unspecial people and who are not fantastic in and of, in and of ourselves, and then uh, God saves us, and we could sit at a church with somebody of, of a different race, of a dis- different socioeconomic status, of a different background, of a different whatever, of a different this, of a different that, and Christianity like levels all of those things and says that, okay, while, you, while some of those might be kind of important, uh, here, here's a big thing that bridges all of the gaps between every single one of you. All of you needed me, Christ, right? right. And, and none of you could get me on your own, and I came down and rescued all of you. Like, and right. it really does. Yeah, it breaks right. down certain walls that uh, that yeah. that are big walls in our culture. Race, right? Race is huge in our culture right now, and <clears throat> and yet Christ says that okay, I, I came to save Jews. Oh, and uh, I came came to save Gentiles. So, right. for, I mean, that was a that was a racial that was the, statement. Yeah, that was a huge. That racial was the racial statement at the time. Yeah. Came to save Jews. Oh, and. All not Jews, because that's what Gentile meant, not Jew. Right. So they're like, are you serious? Right. So, and then if you read through the New Testament, there were so many, you probably don't pick up on them because obviously it was written in a different language. But if you uh, know some of the nuances behind, like, wait a minute, he just said, uh, you Gentile. Like, there, there were some pretty strong racial, like, 
kind of jabs all throughout the New Testament where people would refer to people as either Gentiles or they'd refer to them as, uh, uh, there, was a, what were the, there was a group of people that were not necessarily Jews. It was the woman at the well. What was she? A Samaritan. Samaritan. Yep. Yeah, that, like, that was another big racial term. And, so, and then, but there's Jesus, right, in, in John, walking up to the woman at the well. Like, yep, right. she's a Samaritan. I'm going to go talk to her. Oh, and guess what? Which was taboo at yeah, the time. Yeah, super you know? taboo. So Jesus broke down all sorts of, uh, of different lines with all this. So adoption is just one of those crazy things that, like, so your wife is adopted, right? She is not. She's but not she adopted? Has siblings who are adopted. Siblings that are adopted. Right. That's right, that's right. So, and I, I talked to her a little bit about just kind of the idea of bringing in, because she's got brothers and sisters of all kinds of backgrounds and right, stuff. Right, And uh, I don't know, something about the family dynamic that's brought, because you have so many different cultures and stuff that's come up. And so when you're thinking about being adopted into Christ's family, I guess I just wonder, like, how... How, how much can we really break down some of these cultural walls with people as Christians? I mean, it should break down all of it, right? Mm-hmm. But, but does it all the time? Well, I think we're, you know, as, as humans... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we have biases all the time, whether we admit it to ourselves or not. Mm-hmm. We're all biased to some extent. Right. And I think that if we can come to a point where we recognize as a society that, you know, we are all equally damned uh, mm-hmm. uh, because of the state of the, the world and sin. And, you know, also, uh, you know, if we're saved, we're saved through the same, through the same means, through Christ. Um, right. Then it's, uh, you can kind of look past some of the other uh, walls that we build for ourselves. Well, because we get sense, pretty serious right? about some of those walls sometimes. Right, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, and it's it's between, you know, whether you grew up on the East Coast or the West Coast or which sports teams you like. And, like, all of these things that, for some of us, it's silly. Right. Um, for Christians, all of it should be silly. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. we're all playing on a level playing field. Yeah. We're either saved or we're not. It's not by our own doing. Um, mm-hmm. And so what do we have to boast about? Yeah. How can we say I'm better than you because I have a job and you don't, and you're homeless and I'm not, yeah. or vice versa, right? Or you're a billionaire and I'm not. Yeah. Um, well, I keep going back to like or, just th- that the imagery of being in the orphanage, and say you've got somebody, our divides, and we've and we've built them way up, and we're like, oh well, I'm a this, or I'm a this is my background, or oh, I'm I'm from England back way back when, or I'm from Africa way back right. when, or who knows what, like whatever these big things are. Uh, and, and you, 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 if you keep the, the imagery of the orphanage in your mind, it's like, yeah, you might have had that sitting there on your little orphanage bed, and, and, but keep in mind, snot knows you, and snot knows this guy over here. It's totally different. Both right. of you got adopted. So, right, and that's like, the thing. It's not just you in the corner. Yeah. We're all in that <laughs> orphanage, you know, and, and God's coming in saying, I'll take everybody in here. Yeah, I mean, if there, if there was one <clears throat> thing that, like, and this is what we went back to last week with justification, like, wait a minute, you're not justified by anything that you do. Right. So if there's one tiny element of you that is the reason that God, as the Father, when he walks into this orphanage and picks you, if there's one reason that that's why he picked you, even just one, just 1% contribution right. from your end, then you could hold that up. Then you could, have, then did, you could have a legitimate did, wall did within we Christianity. we decide the only thing we're responsible for is our sin? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. It's just that... There's the, my one. <laughs> the only thing we contribute is being an orphan to begin with. Right. Like, that, that's what we're contributing, is, is our orphanhood that allows us then to be adopted. Right? right. But, Which and, is crazy. And that's what I love about the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's powerful enough to think that God chose me, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get to be adopted into his family, but it doesn't end there. Like it's right. it's the family aspect of the brothers and the sisters and and, and everybody, all the snot nosed people that are alongside you, you know. Yeah. So I love that that 
imagery, if you will, of like a faith family. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. the three of us all kind of attend the same church, and it's just amazing getting to go and and fellowship with you guys and hang out with you guys and be encouraged by you guys. Because even if I'm struggling with something, I know that you guys are struggling through things too, and we're able to encourage each other. And that's the whole purpose of it. It's not just God adopting us and that's it. Now we're his kid. Right. It's that there are other children there to <clears throat> walk alongside us with, you know, on this journey. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, well, I mean, back to kind of, so with your uh, wife, who's part of this big adopted family, like when you're finally in the family, cause that's what you said. So like, yeah. It doesn't just end here. Now you have all the benefits of being part of the family. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I know a little bit about some of the individuals that are part of this big adopted mm-hmm. family and how much your wife's, parents love on these kids right. who, that they adopted right. that right. are that are not their blood children right and uh and, and then i know some of the kind of the not so fun parts that, that some right. of these kids have brought to the family that have been a little messy like and they still get to right. maintain the, the the love and the right. the unity and the I, I, what's the word i'm looking for just kind of like a, a sort of a long-suffering um i know that i'm going to be in this family even if i totally mess up because right. that's the kind of right. parents there's no that concept yeah, that like I've screwed up so bad that now I'm like yeah, now disowned I'm, or now anything I'm gonna like that, right? exactly. or, or kicked out of the family. Like. And, and that's one of the, the I think the biggest benefits that uh, the Christian should hold on to. And ironically enough, it's one of the it's a point of doctrine that people like to argue about whether or not you can lose your salvation. We're going to deal with that next week. Some of those jokers that think that, but because uh, that's one of the biggest benefits that you get being adopted into a family, especially God's family, who's already used language like with Hosea and Gomer that look, you you can't mess up enough to to be gone for me to just let you cut you loose. I'm going to purchase you back. Right. Like that. That's to the extent right. that God is going to go. And so, for that being a benefit of being adopted. Uh, to me, that would if, if there were no other benefits, just knowing that God would never, ever, ever, ever let me go, right. it, to me is enough. And, and then, of course, he lavishly pours on all of the rest of the benefits of being part of God's family, right, with inherit, sure. inheritance and salvation and all this other stuff. But just the fact that he would never let me go is uh, we're adopted by... What's what's our commercial say? We're adopted by a great and glorious king. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly it right yeah. there, dude. We're yep. adopted by a great and glorious king, which is crazy to me. That's wild. And going back to Josiah's point, uh, you, you said that, you know, like, we're all a family. Like, all right. of us sitting around the table, the, the broader church, mm-hmm. you know, the global church, we're all yeah. a family. And so we should treat each other as though we can't disown one another. That's right. right. That's Absolutely. right. Because that follows yeah. right on the back of God not disowning us. Like, yeah. Yeah, that should, that should be me, absolutely implied, like right afterwards. Like, no matter what kind of nonsense Ming's got coming out of his mouth, <laughs> he's still my brother. Yeah, like I st- but yeah. th- I mean, that's that's the beautiful part about families. Yeah, you you shouldn't you should never entertain this idea of like, oh well, if I don't like this or if this isn't suiting my needs, I'm just gonna cut ties. Right. Like, man, what kind of family you belong to? But unfortunately, that's that's part of our culture. Right. Our cultures just minimize the value of family so much that that's For what sure. they do. It doesn't suit me anymore. Boom, cut tie. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how important it is and, and just Yeah. Well, you how can understand well, then you get under you, you get why half of our culture doesn't really understand kind of the language of the Bible when they right. hear things in the Bible about being why part it of a family. To sound weird. Yeah, and like and, and there's father God, and you're like they, they don't value family. So why would any of those terms really right. pull on their heart? Like they're like, Well, I hate my family. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with my family. I left my family, my family disowned me. Why would I want to be a part of another one? Like you, you get why why scripture is not really you know grabbing onto these people, which is unfortunate. That's, and you said it earlier. I mean, family's messy. Like it's not always yeah. just roses and tulips and just everything great. Dude, you like, find a, a real nice, clean, nothing wrong family, right. dude. Just run because somebody's doing lines. <laughs> Something it wrong. ain't Oreos. 
Yeah. Stop. That was in the Twilight Zone once. It was a bad situation. Yeah, but, it was like it was uh, a creepy family. It's like nothing ever goes wrong. It's like, yeah, except for the bodies buried <laughs> in the basement, probably. You freak. Like, all families are messy. It's Wait, just the way it not, is. That's not normal. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> that's funny, dude. Well, I mean, so you you got married just a little while ago, and yep, just yep. now you're kind of in that first year of like, okay, we're a family, right? Like, yep. Has has that been? Has it been nothing but just roses all the time? Definitely, just, always, always, just rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Aaron doesn't listen to this podcast, so I could probably say whatever I want and get away with it. And probably oh, also, Aaron, shouldn't. you need to listen to this podcast. What are you doing, man? Goodness gracious! So yeah, I, I guess. Let's deal with some of these questions. Uh, it says, are all people God's children? Now, obviously, we hint, hinted at this and touched on it right at the beginning, but are all people God's children from birth? No. No. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no. Okay, well, we're going to go with no because we, we saw in Ephesians where Paul said that some people were children of right. wrath, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if they're not all God's children, right. whose children are they? What, is, what does children of wrath mean? Right. I, don't, I don't know wrath. Like, who's that? So obviously it's not a real person. Like, what do you mean? It's children of wrath. You mean Satan, or what are you saying? There's another passage that says we're either slaves of God or Mm -hmm. slaves to Satan. Right. Quite literally. Like, like obviously Um, God created mankind. Well, you remember the verse where Jesus literally told the dude, he's like, you're father of the devil. Right. (laughs) So that's a thing. And I don't think he was being, like, facetious. facetious He was quite literally meaning... That's who you follow, right? That, yeah. that is your nature. It comes down to that verse about serving two masters. You can't. So mm-hmm. either we're, we're we're serving ourselves in the way of this world, or we're dying to self and yeah. chasing after Jesus and following Him. That's right. right. So That's right. Our, our pastor made a point a few weeks ago in one of our Bible studies that uh, all people, while being made in the image of God, that that was more or less a, a benefit of Adam and Eve to be made in the image of God, and then mm-hmm. thereafter, after the sin, we were. In, in a sense, in the image of Adam. Which after, we've talked about afterwards. on this show as well. Yeah. Like, and so it's a distorted image. Exactly. So if, if that's your image and, and you're a, a child of wrath, a son of disobedience, um, yeah, you, you cannot just simply claim I'm a child of God via breathing, right? Like right. just because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here that doesn't right. necessarily mean you're... And that, that changes your theology too. Because if, if you're not from birth a child of God, then... Some of the theology that I've heard about, like, well, don't you think that your father would want you to be like him, and and then you're, and then obviously you're going to grow up and be like him, and then when you die, you'll be like him. Mm-hmm, so if, if mm-hmm. hey, some of y'all Instead know what I'm, I'm talking a sinner, about, and I'm going to be like a sinner, and I'm right. going to continue sinning, and yeah, right, I, w- you know. I simply respond and go, "How do you know he's your father?" Right. Because right. that might not necessarily be true, which so. again changes the whole chain of that theology. Right. Which is if, and different. it puts all that weightiness back into salvation again of the mm-hmm. importance of. Okay. Turning away from our sinful nature and yep. following Christ. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. Well, I know next week, if I'm not mistaken, next week is perseverance, sanctification, uh, and perseverance. Sanctification. Sanctifi- it's sanctification and perseverance. I think yeah. it's coupled. They're they're both, and because uh, that that's going to answer really this this last question is the can I be disowned? And even while we've touched on it a little bit, there's there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, support to the answer next week. So it's sure obviously not. the answer is no. You're not going to be disowned, but you know, what are the, what's the scripture backing for that? What what's the real meat behind that? That you know, where does Jesus say that he would never disown me? Is that really true? And so that's right. going to come out uh, a lot next week. But uh, pushing pushing towards that just a little bit, I just want to kind of conclude, I guess, with uh, this idea behind adoption. 
in the Christian walk as, as Christians who have been adopted, we're like we're sitting all around the table right here, life, obviously, just like a family, can be really messy and really difficult, and it can be tough. And trying to navigate through all of the waters that is Christianity, living in a world that is constantly not only hating on Christianity, but, but persecuting Christianity, and then just our everyday lives and sin tugging on us, uh, it, it can be tough. And, and in that it's, as far as how awful this is, I, I don't mean to sound like that my life is awful. It's not that awful. But in, in as awful as it is trying to just live out the Christian life, especially in today's culture, uh, it's beautiful knowing that because we were adopted by this great and glorious king, right. one of the other benefits that comes with it is access to the king. Mm-hmm. Meaning uh, that if, if, you, if you want to use kingship language and stuff like that, n- nowhere in history did you just freely approach the king. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Especially if you were to some, like, oh, I brought him off the streets, and okay, now he's kind of living within the city castle walls. Like, you don't just approach the king. The people that approached the king were sons of the king, and they had real access you to You can just walk into the throne room? No, you didn't just walk into the throne room, right? And so because you couldn't just walk into the throne, you didn't have that kind of access to God. You didn't, kinda ha- you didn't have an ear with God. Remember when we talked about prayer? How uh, in, in one of those first weeks where it says the psalm said that God is literally leaning down, putting his ear to the floor of heaven to listen to us. In a sense, that's a little bit uh, like what's happening here, is that because God is, uh, has adopted us, right. even though we weren't necessarily sons early on, uh, we were children of wrath, because of this adoption, it, that's why I posted the picture that I posted for right. this. There's an open gate there now that you can walk into the throne room, approach God on the throne, as somebody who five minutes ago was a snot-nosed kid in an orphanage and say, like, God, I'm having a tough time. Like, this is tough. So if you're sitting there and you're you're feeling God tug on your low strings, those heart strings, mm-hmm. and, and you're saying, God, is that you? Are you calling me? Don't be hesitant. That's right. Walk through those doors. Walk through those gates. Enter the king's throne room. Yeah. And become a part of the family. Yeah, absolutely. One of my best friends, uh, some of you guys might have known him from Cornerstone Church. His name's Corey. He was adopted. And uh, prior to being adopted, I think it was like five or six, his biological mom, dude, was a wreck. I mean, he, he sure. remembers telling these stories about like being locked in the car while she was in a bar and stuff and just waiting for her to come back out and praying that she'd come back out soon. And, and it's just just bad stuff over yeah. and over. I don't want to divulge too much. But when he, when he got adopted, it was like this moment where he was like, wow, I have access to this whole new like, all these people love me, and oh, I can go to this person, and they're not just mad at me and yelling at me for asking a question, right? Like, some of the goofy, simple things that, like, when we you know, have kids, like, you think, like, yeah, like, your kids come to you and ask questions. Well, some people, some kids in some of these situations, like, they don't have the luxury of having a loving parent. Right. And uh, talking a little bit earlier about just some of the dysfunctional families and why we use language with family, but in this, like, God is like, no, come and, and talk to me, come and bring me the, the pleas that you have. Uh, what you know? What have you got? And so I guess to me, it's just beautiful that that God would take because I know who I am. Like right. Ming's looking at me from across the table, kind of going like, <laughs> "I know, know, I know who, you, who are. you are too. I follow you on Twitter." So like, I know who I am, and I know that even though sometimes I'll get controversial, or I'll say this, or I'll say that, or I'll just be too immature to be on any other podcast, God loves me. That's right. And he's very true. Man, that's just uh, hopefully, hopefully that will motivate me to continue to want to be sanctified a little more so I don't get annoyed by things. <laughs> so that means I'm immature. There are a lot of sacrifices that come as part of the Christian journey, but yeah. nothing compares to being sons and daughters of the king. That's right. And, and being co-heirs with Christ. That's right. so what does being adopted mean to you? Your life will never be the same. By the king. Be adopted by the king, Ming. I think it's just, you know, watching 
watching everything that's going crazy in our world today and realizing that we do have the answer. You know, we're, we're living the answer to the problems we see around us, whether that's in, in the political space or, you know, in the environmental space. And yes, I recycle. <laughs> oh, no. Um, no you, you know, like just all of those things that, that we see around us that are falling apart. Yeah. And, and God it cares. Yeah. And, and adopted some of us. And, you know, some of us are very unlovable. <laughs> I'm talking about myself too. That's very know? true. That is true. That's true. Yeah. That's good stuff. God loves the unlovable and he adopts them, Praise which God. is wild. And thankfully, it didn't have anything to do with what I did. That's the best part yep. out of Ephesians. Yep. It's yep. not up to you, man. Good stuff. Well, with uh, with that said, I guess we've got we've got we've got another bit of a commercial here coming up. Yeah. But uh, I just, yeah, and... yeah, I just want to say just just real fast, like if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know what it is to be adopted into His family, uh, man, send us an email. We'll talk yeah. to you about it. Talk to your local pastor if you're you know, hopefully, hopefully you're in a church, and uh, and come to understand what joys come out of being uh, a son or daughter of the King. That's pretty awesome. Amen. Good stuff. Well, we're gonna jump to break. Okay. Looking for a new t-shirt? Look no more. Head over to TheologyAttire.com. That's TheologyAttire.com. A brand company started by three friends with a mission to create jobs for evangelical missionaries and to be a blessing to local church plants. So whether you want a shirt with a catchy phrase like make Christianity great again, or you just want a shirt with your favorite theologian's face on it, Theology Attire is what you're looking for. And if you're listening to this right now, you are in luck. When you check out at TheologyAttire.com, put in the promo code HEARYEKINGS, the promo code Hear ye kings, all one word, and get 20% off your entire order only at theologyattire.com. It's theology on a t-shirt. Woo! So. Man, I can breathe now. I just said that so fast, dude. That was crazy. That was, Derek. You know, Derek said it right before the break. Hopefully you are part of a church. You know, a part of a faith family, if you will. You know, the best part of church happens Monday through Saturday. It's all outside of Sunday morning. Get connected. You know, call some friends up from church and get together. I spent Easter Sunday with uh, with some family members that aren't my family because they're my faith family. So, um, you know, grab somebody, grab a coffee, talk through this more. What does it mean to be adopted? You know, maybe you didn't see somebody at church on Sunday. That's your brother. That's your sister. Call them up. Make that's sure right. they're doing all right. That's so, right, dude. Mm-hmm. I want to thank Ming for joining us on the show this week. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. I hope you'll come back. We shall see. We, we need we somebody to harass see. Derek more. <laughs> well, Derek turns the mics off, he's going to be like, I'm not inviting Dude. that guy back. <laughs> I, hope our listeners, talking about me. I hope our listeners will come back too, because next week we're talking about the question, what is sanctification and perseverance? We'll oh, be looking boy. at things like, if I'm bad enough, can I lose my salvation? Oh, snap. Will Jesus let me walk away? Cut me loose? We'll What's, find out. What, Find out if you've been bad enough. It's like Santa Claus. Get you, you can run some... fast enough. <laughs> yeah, if you can, can run fast enough. I know, dude, I know some crazy folks that think some crazy things about this. Right. So we're gonna have to talk about it. It'll be it'll be interesting for sure. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Do it. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, etc. Wherever Epic Christian Podcasts are found. Yeah, it's just one click. Just click the button. Subscribe. Remember, friends don't let good. friends not subscribe to the Hear You Kings. That's right. That's right. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm there once a year at Josiah D. Walker. <laughs> uh, Derek's there 24-7 at Derek underscore Earl. At your own risk. 
And if you can find the tweets I haven't deleted that Derek put, you can find them at Harry Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, I hate that stupid app, man, because you got like different accounts on one thing. So I'd just be like scrolling, like, oh, I like this, retweet. And I'm like, oh, I'm on the Harry Kings thing. Like, oh, no. <laughs> the, other day, the other day, one of our friends oh. was like, I think Derek forgot to send out a Harry Kings. I said, why? He's like, well, because you just sent me a link on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I did, no, I did that one on purpose. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was... Jay, I know who you're. I know who that was, Jay. Why don't you just write me back, fool? Ugh. Anyway, well, thank you guys so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Minx Logar, for coming on. We didn't get political or anything or argue. Gosh, no, we're going to have no. to have a midweek and have him back. Oh, oh, oh. God help me if I ever leave town. With oh, you. Yeah, that'll be leave just the studio a train unlocked. wreck. Something's <laughs> going on. Whatever. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate you guys. As always, our mission is to proclaim the message of the king. And when the culture comes out to play king of the Hairy Hill, we're going to take the hill every time. Why? Well, because we're the Hairy Kings. Romans 8, 16, and 17 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, long live our adopted father, the King. Awesome.